All I'm saying is the first time you get sent a cake to rub all over your body, it's cool. The 15th time, you're like, what is this? I'm not doing this again. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. You are such a gem. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack. A total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. My name is Chris, and I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the superfly space guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The gore lover, Alexis. Hey, everyone. The coward, the creeper, Ryan. Hiya. And the scream queen, Paris. Hey, sweets. This week, we have a low-budget horror techno-thriller that's currently streaming on Netflix. This movie has scored pretty favorably with critics and audiences alike, holding a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 71% Metacritic rating. In fact, it's one of the highest-rated horror films of 2018. But we're going to see how it fares with our team. Now, before we give up the goods, we have some follow-up. We have a lot of follow-up. So if you're one of our patrons, you are aware of our recording schedule. And we actually took a week off. So we're actually going to double up with this follow-up. First, do you guys remember when we rated the movie I Know What You Did Last Summer? I was not on that one, but I did listen to it. <laughs> I remember <laughs> and that. And watched it. Because <laughs> we loved it. What is your vote, Alexis? Hack or slash? Oh, it's definitely a slash for sure. <laughs> you know how I love my uh, teen 90 slashers. <laughs> Excellent choice. And you are actually in good company because 84% of our friends on Twitter also gave it a slash with only 16% hacking it. We have a comment from Amber who said, As much as I wanted to hack this, it did stay true to the slasher format. In my opinion, different actors, more gore, better kills would have helped. Really enjoyed this episode, though. And then the following week, we talked about Cabin in the Woods, and we were all here for that one. Uh, universal slash from us. A near universal slash from Twitter as well. 92% of our fans gave it a slash, and only 8% gave it a hack. So I feel like that bodes very well for this film. If you have not seen it and you are listening... Give it a watch. It's worth your time. We have a nice comment from our friend Jason, though, who actually did not like this movie. He said, I've never understood the love for this film. I suppose it's the first behind-the-curtain style horror film. That's cute, but it felt like what if Disney made an R-rated horror film? The pacing felt really off, and the end, I felt, was just wrong for the overall earlier tone of the film. The acting was fine. The cinematography was fine. The plot was fine overall. But I think this one fell short of my expectations, and it may be because of the hype around the film going in. It's not an F or anything, but it's definitely a C- minus or so, when I expected something a lot better by the talk of the town. And I know, Alexis, you kind of had some feelings like that, so you can probably relate a little bit to this. Yeah, I think I liked his comment on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I see where he's coming from. It did seem towards the end it was like a little like chaotic but like in like yeah disney sort of fashion when i was like dun, 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 dun. yeah that's <laughs> what it reminds me of just throw something on the wall hope it sticks like <laughs> yeah it's definitely a movie that uh, pretends to be one thing and then does not deliver on that initial premise we also have a new patron joining our family his name is daniel and we just want to give daniel our warmest thank you uh, because it takes a lot to run this podcast and any little bit of help you guys provide, uh, it makes a really big difference for us. So thanks, Daniel. And that's our follow-up. Oh, thank you so much for that, Paris. Daniel is absolutely spectacular, uh, constantly reaching out on Instagram. Uh, when, when Daniel became a patron, I was so thrilled because it's a couple years now of listenership and support, and it just means the world to us. Now, let's talk about a movie where there is a lot of, a lot of people supporting other people, uh, so to speak. 
this week, we're taking a look at a film that places technology at the forefront. So to our listeners, that may sound familiar. You've probably seen it in the den, unfriended, nerve, unfriended, dark web, hashtag horror. But it does seek to tell a different story. Now, this film wields sex positivity and shows us an ambitious cam girl rising in the ranks until her stream is hijacked. Now, in fact, the writer herself describes this film as a crazy little movie that asks an audience to root for a sex worker that doesn't judge her choices and doesn't punish her for her sexuality. This week, we're talking about Cam. Now, this movie has been on Netflix for almost two years now. Has anyone else here seen this before? I shamelessly saw this uh, maybe the following weekend it came out on Netflix. Nice. <laughs> this was my first time catching this stream. <laughs> uh, I also had not seen this movie before. I think every movie that you listed a moment ago, Chris, is the reason I didn't watch this. I thought it was going to be like one of those like shitty, like filmed exclusively on a webcam kind of found footage type things. That's like, you know trying to be edgy and like modern by using technology but like not really doing anything successfully uh, so i avoided this movie until now i mean you could kind of argue that this may have been filmed on a webcam true based on its style anyway you guys know i haven't seen this movie <laughs> i don't even know why i answer this question <laughs> anymore i actually have seen a few of these like internet horror type movies um but i didn't even know about this one i had never heard of it right on that's fair <laughs> i was like the only one super excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's okay. So you've met my girlfriend. I, she's the one who told me about this movie forever ago. And here's the thing about us. As, as much as we have so much in common um, and we can understand each other on such fundamental levels of our soul, there is little overlap in our taste in media. So she tries watching horror movies and it's either amazing and amazing psychological thriller or it's not her cup of tea. And oftentimes if it's not her cup of tea is because it belongs to me. So <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect because I, I trust her and I respect her so much, but it's a rare time for a recommendation to be like, hell yeah, and this is exactly the kind of movie I'm signing up for. So when we watch this together, I will say that maybe the phrase having me on the edge of my seat would be a bit of an overstatement, but I was certainly engaged the entire time. How about you folks? What did, when you heard about it, what did you expect or what were you feeling during this? Man, I uh, you guys know me. I'm anti-trailer, but I did read. I did read a brief description that was just like, um, "Cam girl gets her her scream taken over," and I expected a lot of boobs, and uh, we definitely get that. That's for sure. And I expected, um, like I said, like that, like internet type of horror, like something's going wrong, someone's hacked into something. Uh, I was expecting more like previous. The ones that were listed, I guess. Um, it's so crazy because uh, it feels like I had just watched this. So I was like, man, like usually I'm looking forward to watching a movie. And this one, I was like, man, I feel like I just saw it. I know exactly what happens. But yeah, I had to watch it again. <laughs> and it was crazy because it left me underwhelmed the first time I watched it. And then watching this the second time, minor, I was on the edge of my seat. Um I was biting my nails just like the main character was. And I felt a little bit more like maybe because I knew it was going to happen. I was following her character a little bit more and paying attention to um, her. Yeah. So I was like on the edge of my seat, nail biting. Not extreme, not like taken kind of on the edge of your seat. <laughs> I had kind of a different reaction, I guess. I was expecting this to be super cheesy and 
filmed from a webcam as well. I, I thought it was going to be that like point of view where you're like, please just like show me an external shot maybe. But thankfully, oh, yeah. thankfully it was not that. While watching it though, I did kind of feel like I was searching for some kind of like new movie torrent and uh, you know on the Pirate Bay and like was just being shown a ton of pop-ups I didn't care about for, for cam girls. And I, and I, and I do feel bad about that because I don't know what the pirate bay is and I've never downloaded a movie illegally, but <laughs> yeah, you know what it might yeah. be like. But, yeah. I know of it, you but can imagine. Yeah. I've, I've heard of things, but it was a very, very different experience. I think from, from what I was expecting, it was actually a fully fleshed out like horror movie. And we got to like follow multiple characters and have a little mystery and a little thrill. I agree with a few of you guys saying that like you were on the edge of your seat. Um, this movie was like strangely suspenseful. Um, it was sort of like a whodunit mystery, but there were like no real culprits or like suspects. The whole time I was kind of like, what is this going to be? But overall, while I was watching it, I got a lot of energy from like Black Mirror. This felt like a, like a, a Black Mirror episode. It also reminded me a little bit of Suspiria, like stylistically. Yes. It also reminded me of It Follows. Mm. It's funny that you bring up It Follows. Uh, One of our listeners, Spencer, shared on Twitter today, and I don't know who the original source was, they took the footage of Walt Disney announcing their reopening, and they put the It Follows score underneath it, and it is haunting. It is the best rendition of that meme I've seen. (laughs) <laughs> so I think when we look at this at this movie, you know, I, I said I was engaged, right? And I think that's because Madeline Brewster, who plays the main character, Alice, she gives a really compelling performance. I found myself expecting quite a number of things to happen, which didn't actually. And I was surprised in so many ways. Now, the surprises I have are going to be spoilery, so I'm not going to get into that now. We're going to put a button into it. But I would love to know... Was there anything in this that stood out as a disappointment or a huge surprise to you? I'll definitely have to go with Paris. I think, you know, they, there, there's this lot of time, like, in the beginning of this film, and I, I, we'll talk about this in the pacing, where it's just like you're getting to know what's happening, but you're not getting a lot of details or anything on who this culprit is or, like, this sort of mystery behind it. It's like, yep, it is what it is. And I really wish there was more to that and that was explored in more of the movie than just, you know, sex acts. I mean, but with these whodunits, we're used to having like seven to nine people thrown at us being like, Oh, maybe (laughs) they did it because they also have the same track jacket. I think for me, uh, disappointment came from some of the questions that I had. And it's almost, I think almost impossible to talk about this movie without spoiling it. Cause it's very, it's simple, I think. And If you start to get into details, I think we could really ruin it for anyone that hasn't seen it yet. But I have questions and they are definitely some some disappointments. And then also sometimes where I was surprised in good ways, for sure. I'm right there with you, Ryan. I think I know like the the nature of your questions and I think I share them. But I was also a little bit disappointed by some of like the supporting cast. I feel like there were some real like D-list actors in this movie. The mom. Oh, we'll talk about the mom. <laughs> um, but compared to like the main girl, it didn't feel like everybody was really at the same, like the same caliber with their performance. I'm, I'm going to shy away from disappointments, but I will say I, I was surprised because I feel like they did a really good job of kind of going through the life of a webcam model and... Uh, I mean, in reality, though, like I did a little bit of, of factor fiction research, obviously, for for this episode. 
And they got like so many parts of just like the lifestyle and and her workflow like down. Oh, like uh, buying a five thousand dollar couch and driving a two thousand Camry. That's... <laughs> you gotta be humble on the outside. Well, there's 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 other parts of it though that we'll break down when we get to to spoilers. But just like that, the the way that they interact with their fans is yeah. like true to life. The way that they get paid is pretty true to life in many cases. Um, the, Do you know this because cause, cause of Google, experience? Okay. Google for fact or fiction. So um, I had to look this up. I've never actually utilized one of these services before. So this was all new to me watching you, this film. Are you sure that you didn't enter any credit card information anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I made sure not to. That's very specifically. Did you tip several thousand tokens just to have the one-on-one time to ask about the validity of this film? How committed are you? No, I, I did a little a little Googling, obviously. But no, I, it actually turns out to be like really realistic uh, on screen, which is awesome because most tech films you get, they always use technology in like the worst of ways and like people's relationship with technology in the worst of ways. Even when it comes down to like something as simple as like, you know, diffusing a bomb, there's always like a diffuse button or like the one wire you have to snip or like elevators. You can just go in there with a pocket knife and make them work or, or not work. But I would like to note they did still have an Android that made the iPhone lock noise. And that always is in is in movies. And I don't know why. I feel like it's plausible and they're pulling stunts. They just always make it make the same lock noise a little. Also, who keeps their lock noise out on? Just turn that off. I do Cam sometimes. Girls. Why do you need to hear those notifications? Sometimes I like to hear myself type. Oh. That's interesting. No. Very. I never put my phone volume on it. It's a satisfying sound. And then the lock sounds good, too. You are chaos. Interesting. It's only when I'm, like, at the house, never in public. That's what they all say. (laughs) I love that you bring that up, Mac. And I think one of the best things about this movie is the fact that it travels in a lot of different directions. Many of those directions are things that we've seen played out before in other movies, but... What I'll say is refreshing is this film's approach to sex positivity and the way it handles the fact that our main character is a sex worker as a matter of happenstance versus being an exploitative excuse to to hypersexualize a female lead, right? Like you could remove cam girl from the equation, put Instagram model, put YouTuber, put social media influencer, and this all still pans out perfectly. Like it's still possible. There are a number of themes, and we're going to get to that in the second half when we can spoil the hell out of everything, but I have so many different theories of different ways that this movie played out. Um, But did you guys find yourself concerned or creeped out at all during this movie? I was anxious for the most part. Um, There was one scene that I would qualify as scary. It's a a specific bathroom scene, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, Um, but that was the only time I actually felt like fear. Uh, in this movie. Everything else was more like creepy, suspenseful, sort of just like straddling that line. The only thing I found scary was the main character's crazy ability to like Google people and look them up and figure out where they are and where they live. Yeah, but that's easy. Everybody does that. I can do that. Yeah. Do you guys do that all the time? You like you meet somebody for the first time and I don't know that straight men do it, but literally anyone else does. Yeah, I've definitely (laughs) seen it. Yeah, I've definitely done it too. Give me like a graduating class in like the state they live in and I'll get you their social security (laughs) number. I'm just kidding. FBI don't find me. It's that Ron Swanson scene from Parks and Rec where he just, you know, takes the computer and throws it in the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how you feel after watching that. One of my coworkers, she was like, Oh, all you need is seven books, you can find out everything. I was like, okay, well, I knew who I need to go to <laughs> for information. I don't, I wasn't scared like as I would normally be in a movie, like when there's like a creature feature or, you know, something like 
that, but definitely disturbing. I thought it was unsettling a lot of times. And I think it was just that kind of sort of scariness. And I think it's one scene in particular is, you know, when you're chatting with someone, I I think this is what really like solidified, maybe a tad bit scared is when I was younger, I I went in AOL chat rooms all the time. And it was like a thing because you didn't really same. I was never really worried about people like you know, who, who weren't who they were. Yeah. Like, I feel like at that point in my time, people weren't doing the sketchy stuff. Oh, my parents were stressed, but I was always like, dude, it's fine. You guys are being dramatic. Don't worry. Ask them, ask them ASL. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there was a full episode of Degrassi about this. This is like that in that wild, wild west of chatting with people. These weren't the days where your dating apps were verified by your social media profile. That is true. But and it's and it's scary. But I think like I, there's people that play dumb in that. You know, like do a little bit of research and stuff. I don't know. There was someone I talked to when I first got into a chat room that like we're still friends, which is the craziest thing. He's like the person I've known the long, well, the longest friend I've probably ever had. And we still every now chat, every now chat, never met. We've been pretty close to meeting, but I'm like, nah, I don't want to freaking solidify that even at 30 years old. (laughs) that's hilarious yeah i once talked to a girl for six months before we met in person and that was weird (laughs) it is you're just like i just want this fantasy like i don't need you to be in my real life you're in my online life yeah online friends are real why should be a cam girl yeah we have a couple everybody's got a couple they're definitely real and it's a valid way to form a friendship okay good okay okay i will admit though that like when i was 13 i was definitely in those chat rooms pretending to be like an 18 year old girl um (laughs) just to like talk to boys So aside from the chat room stress, I did not feel scary during this movie. And I I do have to admit, though, um, after I was, you know, done watching, went to bed, I was watching something else on else on TV. I definitely had a moment where I was like, dang, I can't get that girl's face out of my head. And it's it was almost like a an eeriness left with you. Like this could happen to people because she's good at her job. Yeah, she was. She was. <laughs> listen, I like to give credit where credit is due. She played that part really well. Um, and it stuck with me a little. Definitely during during it. I was like, this is not scary, but it there's something there's something. Can I also tell you how shocked I was to watch her the second time and have this weird thing click in my brain where I'm like, holy shit, she's the girl from Orange is New Black with the cornrows. She was the junkie in season one. She's also from The Handmaid's Tale. I've never seen the show. See, I thought I thought she was someone else. I can't figure out which actress I think she looks like. There's someone. Um, she just looks familiar to yeah. me in general. I'll say that this movie, aside from just how incredible she was, it was it had one moment for me that was particularly intense but i do find that it hits you with a bunch of strikes that you don't really feel immediately you know ryan like you were saying like there's something eerie that stayed with you after the movie and it ultimately i feel like inspires this feeling of anxiety and dread with our data our online personas and this inevitable creep technology has in our lives it's it's a fear not necessarily of what we have before us right now but rather like a fear of the unknown tomorrow brings. And it's a fear of the things the things that we choose to look beyond right now in terms and conditions for just about anything we do. Can we just check that box and keep gr- <laughs> process payment, uh, subscribe? Yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah, now I'm like, I, I, at this point, I'm like seriously going through and thinking about like vetting everything that I'm doing now. But the ending is something that is to behold for 
in a few different ways. I'll, I'll say that it's not, it was not my favorite when I first saw the movie, but I do think it gives you something to chew on and reflect on. So I wasn't mad about it. What about you guys? Definitely have some questions about the ending. Let's say the, the climax was very intense. The epilogue, uh, I've, let's talk about that. I look forward to having that, that conversation. Yeah, I think watching it a second time, I was able to like understand a little bit more. But I remember when I first watched this, the ending, I was like, what the heck did I just watch? And then I think I'm just able to like put a little bit more or just understand a little bit more watching it the second time. But um, I enjoyed it. Still questionable, but <laughs> it wasn't the worst ending. But I think you get this like girl who's standing up for herself and I kind of like those those kind of endings. This this was actually an ending I enjoyed for the most part because I found it to be like the only feasible way to end the just kind of sequence of events we witnessed. And I'm obviously when we get into the spoiler section we can talk about what we think happened. I'm like 99% sure that my answer makes sense as to what happened and maybe we'll we'll talk about what we think exactly happened. But for for a film like based around technology, um, and have something this creepy happen, like the real fear lies in what you know what's ahead. What for us with all of the tech and all of the internet and everything coming in. So I think it's kind of neat to see like it wrap up in in that way. I was I was pretty satisfied with the way they they uh, pushed us onto life beyond the film. I was pretty unsatisfied by the ending of this movie. I felt full of whys and. It just didn't, it just, I don't know. The plane didn't land for me. And it wasn't on a very long flight. It was a pretty short flight and it just disappeared. That's how I feel about this. I felt similarly when I first saw the movie. I was just kind of like, oh, it's over. And this is, this is how it ended. But it was definitely something that I had to like think on and think on and then discuss out loud and then think on. And so when I watched it again, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. And I like it. And I'm here for it. But we have so much to discuss. And there's so much of this movie that we cannot discuss without ruining it for you folks. And we don't want to spoil a movie that you could have on a Netflix date night. So let's go ahead and start getting to the ratings. Now, before we get into the scoring process, Alexis, how many deaths might you see in this movie? We have mentioned before this point in the podcast that if we talk a lot about this movie, we'll be giving it away. So that's where I'm leaving um, the deaths at. That's fair. But what about the animal report? So there were some kitty cats in this movie, but we had no animal deaths. Figuratively, but not literally. All right, here we go then. Let's get into it. Cam 2018. Was it a hacker slash? All right. I want to get this out of the way because... <laughs> I feel like I'm on an island by myself here. I'll just write down a hack. This movie is a hack. <laughs> I, it's so hard, right? I want to support a um, film uh, portraying someone that's trying to be successful in something, no matter what it is, including sex work, right? I love that point of view. I, however, feel that the first half of this movie could be found on Pornhub and the rest of it could be found in the middle of a different movie that has more details and makes more sense. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It's very hard to explain how you, how this movie makes you feel. It really is unique. And I think I wanted it to be good. And it was it just didn't have enough answers for me. And I'm all about, sometimes you just got to suspend the disbelief. You just got to go with it. You just got to believe 
but it, it didn't, it didn't work for me. And, uh, yeah, now you guys can all say your love poems about this movie. Cause I feel like everyone else liked it. Okay. Love poems. Let's rewind for just a moment. <laughs> yeah. While watching this movie, all I could think of was like this, just everything seems like it smells like cheap perfume, oh, bad makeup and farts. So grungy. Oh. Yeah, that that combination. Where are the farts coming from? I don't know, but that's the combination I'm feeling. From the Camry. From the Camry, yeah. The Camry alone <laughs> no, smells like smells all of that. musty because it's old. <laughs> True. I, I don't know. It, it it honestly did feel like I was being subjected to pop-ups on, on websites that I accidentally linked to or something. Accidentally. 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 But that being said, there's a pretty good story going on here. There's an amazing performance by by our, our our main actor here, so had had to you know commend them for that. I enjoyed the ending. I didn't think I was going to enjoy the premise. I really hate when we get into like webcam based movies for any reason. I just think just throw the whole thing out. But I'm I'm thankful this one was executed well, and the relation between the webcam model and the fans was like pretty realistic because that can also get sometimes scary. So I liked that. So I actually have to give this one a slash. This was not like a really like super duper slash for me. I really was torn for a couple of days after after watching it. But I, I got to give it some credit. This was like one of those, you know, it's 2 p.m. on a day off and you're not really doing anything else. And so throw it on Netflix and why not? And, you know, after watching it, I wasn't like, oh, I wish I would have done something else. I was like, OK, cool. I watched that and I'm fine with that. I'm going to give this a slash. I'll just start with that. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, Madeline Brewster, she's just, I think she really is what makes this movie. To me, she is super relatable. She is this girl that's like struggling, like, or not struggling, but you know, at some point you don't need to see her story, but she's in this circumstance. She's making the best of it. And like Chris mentioned, you have, you know, this, you have a few themes. You have this positive view of sex workers, and then you go into, um, thinking of themes of like, okay, violence in, um, during sex or violence on, you know, social media or violence in porn. So you have that too. And then you have like this whole AI stuff. So I think there's just like so many things going on. So there's so many layers that I actually love. And I'm going to be honest with you. I did not recognize any of that the first time I watched it. So I, I, the first time I was like, Whoa, what was this? It, it left, it was not memorable. I mean, I remember what happened. I'm like, okay, I know the twist. Uh, you're done. But I'm really glad I watched it a second time. So it should come as no surprise that I love this movie. Um, it's female driven. It's female focused. It is empowering and sex positive. And ultimately, it's a really fresh and modern suspenseful mystery. Um, I will admit that it did have some pain points. Uh, specifically, the supporting cast was pretty weak in my mind. Um, the ending also a little shaky on it. Uh, it was definitely impactful, but... Mm, We'll talk a little bit more about that afterwards. Um, also, Mac, I'm mad at you for saying that there would be any sort of malodorous uh, energy from this film because Madeline Brewster's character and her attention to detail was so impressive and admirable. There were rose petals scattered. The, the There was lint rolling. There was vacuuming. And it's like, this is for a webcam show. The girl is committed to this. I have no doubt that she sprayed some high quality fragrances on herself before going live. 
Um, <laughs> but Madeline Brewster like totally killed this performance. Uh, there's a few scenes that really just took me there. Uh, and I'm with Alexis. I found her to be so relatable. Um, I've definitely been in a lot of the situations that this character has been in and I behaved the same way and I reacted the same way. Um, because it's, it's, I guess it's a normal human reaction, um, to some of these things. Um, but this is definitely getting a slash and I feel like it's a great example of the power of new horror. Uh, it's also beautifully filmed and with that this is also my third slash in a row so yes who are you i know we've had a good week or a good couple weeks with these past few movies (laughs) i would agree about the idea of like you know being empowering this movie has an empowering message it also does destigmatize sex work and i think that's important to note the specifics of that word because it's not like that was a lowly line of work and now we must lift them up It's more like, nah, man, these are just people doing their jobs and they're professionals and they're doing it. So have some respect there. It's interesting because it is so powerful while also being so thrilling and so entertaining. So one of the things that I think this movie does best is it makes, or at least for me, it made me think and it made me consider things that I hadn't considered before, right? There's this, you know, realization that sex workers are persecuted in so many places and within so many different lines of that industry, their work is illegal. Let's take dominatrix, for example. With the dominatrix, you're not doing any explicit sexual acts. It's a gray area legally, though. So people having agency and control of their bodies, using it in a way that allows them to make a living, that's illegal. And yet there are rarely protections for women who are sexualized without consent, objectified, brutalized, and sexually assaulted. So what I think this movie does is it takes this line of work and it gives you a hero. And it gives you someone that you can relate to, uh, someone that you can empathize with. And I think it does it in a beautiful way that makes for one hell of a suspenseful movie. And it's powerful. This movie rated in the top three of 2018, and that was the same year that had the remake of Suspiria, Halloween, Mandy, Hereditary, A Quiet Place, and Summer of 84. Out of all those movies, Cam rated number three. So with that, Cam from 2018, available on Netflix, has earned four slashes in one hack. Check it out. It's worth the watch, at least the majority says here, but uh, give it a watch. Join us in the second half because we have so much to unpack. super hot horror movie killers welcome to slasher cam where you can pair up with a perfect knife willing psychopath from the comfort of your own home haunted house no way stream the horror right from home for the low price of five thousand dollars you can buy five slasher tokens to get your night started get hot and bothered with a stone-faced killer who inexplicably transports around their own house while you scream from all the fun in your safe ripped leather desk chair please do not provide slasher models with any identifying information welcome back folks cam from 2018 streaming over on netflix has earned four slashes and one itty bitty hack now we have so much to talk about so much to unpack the theories about what happened in this movie but before we do alexis 
there was a little bit of blood in this movie. What's up with the gore score? So to reconvene on those deaths that we were talking about beforehand, our body count, um, didn't want to give too many spoilers. But yeah, so I was like, okay, well, I guess you could say um, Lola dying, her doppelganger dying, um, but that's not a real person, so... Or who knows what the hell that was. Um, Literally. Wait, does artificial life not bleed once in Oh, gosh. You know what? No one ever said it was artificial life. Oh, it was. (laughs) Was it? Oh, absolutely. That was AI with deep fake technology. Deep fake for sure. That had to be said. I have that written in my notes too, Mac. But but it wasn't said. Just so we're clear. No one said it. We've said it now. Sony Realtek is out sony real tech technology <laughs> i'm not familiar with sony real tech yeah, can you explain know. more <laughs> no idea <laughs> but for the record nobody died right no i mean there was one off screen when we talked about um baby baby dying oh okay so you see that headline um but um the gore very little i'll have to admit i was very pleasured by the gore <laughs> in this Please. Did you tip extra tokens? Alexis. I would have because I don't know what the hottest thing is in this movie. Her just walking around like every normal girl in her underwear with a varsity jacket on with blood on her after she just slit her own throat. So cute. <laughs> Fake. It was cute. Okay. Wait, you referred to that as hot? It was cute. Like she just like was like. That was a look. Yes, it was. She was just like in this varsity jacket, no shirt underneath, so her tits were out and then like blood on her casually talking to this dude. Hey, daddy like question i just want to remind everyone weren't you quite a scene girl back in the day yes yeah that's where it comes from (laughs) this is this is the part of alexis that you may not realize still exists (laughs) it's deep inside if i were to have a cam persona it would be doing fake things like this i'd be like all right special effects girl come in and at you although it was creepy though when she blew her head off Dude, that was uh, like the craziest chills. thing I had ever seen. Because I think at that point I was like, oh, "Did she die?" Like, because I'm still trying to figure out how fucky must it be to watch yourself die. Oh, uh, oh my god, it's freaky. And that uh, performance that we got in that scene from Lola, the real one, was insane. Like the way she yeah. freaked out and like called her mom, who wasn't going to answer the phone, and like th- that. That was one of those scenes where I was like, "This girl is." acting her butt off in this movie mm-hmm. yeah no I, I it was great and i think because it sets off the first scene too. that one like well that's the second one but the first one where you're just like okay you don't even know what's going on so you're put into this and you're like oh, okay maybe it's like you know all these like torture porn sites that you see that go around in the dark deep dark web we had this conversation a long time ago which whatever it's called um <laughs> but that people like want that. And I'm like, damn, she's only at 50. I'm sure there's a lot of sick MFers out there that would pay a lot more money and a lot more tokens for <laughs> some more stuff like that. But maybe they she did. Wouldn't. They're on their own subreddit, not on this website. <laughs> yeah, she hadn't found the right audience. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think it needed too much. I needed a lot of gore, but I appreciate the gore that they had put in and what it kind of meant for the film. Um, it was like a way for her to like spice up her cam dates her cam show yeah her performance <laughs> her she's performance. a performance she's artist. a her performance but i loved how she kept calendars on what she did what they she, she did not repeat i love that kind of organization i I'm, I'm taking tips jotting down notes alexis is over this quarantine 
and interested in new ventures. I want to see if someone wants to type all day and go, fuck, I sent that to the wrong person, like, <laughs> all day. I'll give you 10,000 tokens if you send your boss a mean email. <laughs> send someone a shitty meme. <laughs> Accidentally CC everyone a lot. <laughs> Reply all 20 times. <laughs> Here's a thousand tokens if you'll drink another seltzer while you're typing one-handed. <laughs> Man, our imaginations are boring <laughs> I, I agree with you alexis the the gore is pretty minimal but uh every time you do get gore it's super impactful like after that first like the opening scene like what you would call maybe like the first kill um i was like this whatever happens with the rest of this movie this opening scene is like a top five horror movie openers of all time for me because it was just the aesthetic of it was so well done it gave me like neon demon vibes i'm not sure if you guys have seen that um and then just like watching it escalate, I had, I just had like, you know, my hand on my pearls as I do and my jaw on the floor. And then she just like slits her throat and on cam. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? And then you'd think that later on when a very similar thing happens and the doppelganger like blows her brains out, you'd think like you wouldn't be as like affected by it. But I was like even more shook by that one. Oh, and she was deep throating the. Um... Oh, well, that was hot. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little too much. Was it? No, I mean, that's oh, exactly you... what happened in the movie. <laughs> Sorry, when she was gagging on a Glock 9. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> but thank you for that image. And I thought she was going to do something else with it, but... No, man, this is not The Exorcist. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> the, this, all, both of those scenes, I, I just like... I would, They were not for me. I was like, one, there's nothing sexy or sexual about it. Really gross. And two, I don't want to watch this happen... I, I think the part of the gore though that like really affected me was was the nose breaking scene though. Oh yeah. The how only real gore of the movie. <laughs> that was how did I miss that? Yeah, I mean smashing her own face into her vanity. I think it was more like what's going on on this screen uh, than I mean, her face. Like literally there's like a separation in her nose now because she smashed yeah. it so badly and the bones like poking out of her face and like twisting her nose around. That was gruesome. That was so much. And I was like, I don't understand why she had to do that, but okay. I cool. loved it. That for real made me squirm. Do you guys think you could hit yourself that hard? Like, I don't even know if I could physically do that. Oh, yeah. She has some balls that I don't have. No. No. I, I would just, once I almost hit like the table, I just drop my head or something. Like, I wouldn't actually go full force. In a situation like that, you definitely could. You're full of adrenaline. Mm. I have a question for you guys, and I would like you to think about it before you answer, okay? Is this a horror movie mm. aside from what it was intended to be or anything like that? Like when you watch this, is this a horror movie or is this just like a, is it like a weird uh, th thriller mystery? Well, real easy answer. Like who produced this movie? What production company? Yeah, but outside of that. Boom. Just, done. Horror movie. Yeah, you defeated. You literally did the opposite of what I asked. You raise a good point, Ryan. And I did wonder that, right? I do still classify it as horror because it's like the cerebral horror, but I will imply apply the same argument here that I do with a hot dog being a sandwich, right? You have the main family of horror being the sandwich, right? Like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Now, within those two main families, there are little threads that come down, and as a hot dog is a member of the sandwich family that you would not look at and think, oh, yeah, no, that's totally a sandwich. It still falls within that kind of category of foods? No. I know. I know. This is going to be... 
It's a Venn it, diagram. A hot dog is not a sandwich. It's definitely just a meat with bread on it. What? Okay, no. We're going to table Wait. this because we will derail the <laughs> podcast, but this is something that we are going to have to discuss perhaps Perhaps it's Patreon content, I think, because I think we have some, oh my we have some God. spicy stuff here. But this movie is part of the horror family. It's more like psychological horror. I think there is enough blood and violence in it for sure. Um, it's more of a thriller, but it still feels like horror to me. Yeah, I. it's kind of like, you know how you watch like Requiem for a Dream? And you're just like, it, it just has a feeling, but not necessarily horror. That's... Not that the, not that these are related, but it's like a it's like this feeling that stays with you. But to me, in in my world of horror, my little strings that hang from the horror tree, um, this isn't a horror movie to me. And I think that's part of where my disappointment and my not tiny but regular size hack comes from. Chris. That's okay. <laughs> I totally agree, Ryan. I, I got like ninety percent into this movie, and I was like, when is it going to become a horror movie, though? But what makes it that way is there because there's no ghost. Well, I, you know, I love ghosts. Um, for me, it was like the lack of kills um, and the okay, lack yeah. of gore, really. For, for um, me, it was the lack of story. <laughs> oh, see, it was all story for me. And I think what you mentioned before is like a new horror, which I'm definitely not a fan of, like at all. A24 needs to stop, but love their stuff needs to stop for a year or two. Like, it's the only thing that's coming out right now. There's there's moments of terror for for the characters in the movie, though. Yeah. There's like real fear that they have for their for their life and well-being and trying to evade it and defeat it. But her life and well-being wasn't really in danger. She was just except in that bathroom. That's where yeah, it was which really was, scary. Mm-hmm. Right, which was her own doing. Like she could have easily not saying that this is what she should do, but she could easily listen to the cops and not be online and, and not have to worry about it. Yeah, but then there's these videos you view and people saying that yes. you, you called them and you're like, absolutely, never did. absolutely, absolutely. And so I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to say that she did something dumb or anything. I think that this is a very realistic response, and I like the path that she took in this movie is maybe one of the most realistic I've seen in a movie. Like, you know, you might have thoughts like when she found out about uh, the other girl in Georgia, you might be like, oh, she's going to get in the car and go to Georgia. But the reality of life is you're not getting in a car and going to Georgia. Yeah. You know, and you're not like you don't know who to call. You don't get help from cops. You don't, you know, know how to explain it to your mom without it not sounding crazy, without sounding crazy. So I think it's super realistic. But for me, it was just like, I don't know. It, I, it. She wasn't in danger, realistically. No one was attacking her. Not that every movie has to be an attack. I don't know, man. It's hard. This is a tough so, one. It is. And I have a resource here that I'm going to cite that I think will support you where you stand, Ryan. This is a book that I have. I'll link it in the show notes. What's the difference between horror and terror? Horror comes after. Terror is the suspense, the fear. You worry about something awful that could happen. What's that sound? Where's my baby? My boyfriend? What's that itch? Uh, What's that bump? These things terrify you. The panic starts. The dread. Terror is what's lurking behind the door. The promise of the pain. And horror is your fear realized. Horror is the promise fulfilled. And so I think when you look at this movie, it's a lot of promise, but not a lot of fulfillment. Yep. Totes. I was pretty scared about that nose breaking. So that still works for me, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was pretty gruesome i i can't lie and then at first i i kind of was like what is she doing is she planning to kill herself to have lola kill herself but when yeah the copy like morphed into looking just like her i was like that is insane 
Absolutely insane. I think one thing when we look at like terror, right, we think about our digital presences and we think about losing access to that. And to a certain to for a certain point of view, that could be terrifying. The idea, the concept of having everything you've worked for just hijacked, that can be scary. So I think in the sense that we have this AI stuff taking over Lola's stream, I think in a way, in a very uh, figurative way, the horror is fulfilled in that sense. Yeah. So for me, that's where part of my trouble comes in is that they don't give even an ounce of explanation of what's happening. And so it doesn't, I'm not, I wasn't stressed about it. Like the sentences specifically to explain the entire movie were were not, you know, you know, I don't have a word for word, but it happens to all the good girls. It always happens. It happens on other sites. They get copied, basically. Those are the things that were said. And like, what is that explanation? I'm sorry. I just want more from that. I don't want to, I don't just want to have to come up with my own thoughts of, oh, it's AI or, oh, it's, you know, some higher group of people that actually own all of these companies and then they make the profit or whatever. I didn't watch this movie to write it. (laughs) I want more answers. That's definitely something you're not alone with, Ryan, because that's why it reminded me of It Follows in that like the actual antagonist was so like ambiguous and we never really got any good answers. Um, Ultimately, like if you are left to like fill in the blanks on your own, like what is this like some haunted cam girl malware that goes around? Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the part where the ending I was kind of like, but for me, like the whole ride leading up to it was good enough to make up for uh, like not necessarily sticking the landing. Bro, when I had to hear the man in the Mexican restaurant order his guacamole and queso oh tower, my God. <laughs> what were those? Why what, Why were we there with them? Why were, why were there so many details? That scene was cringe. Why? Why did we? He ordered a club soda and then said, you're not going to drink, which, okay, didn't make any sense. None of it made sense. I'm salty. I feel like that was there to to kind of give you a little more of a picture of like the kinds of guys that think they're like big ballers in these small communities. Like he was like, Oh, I come here for the authenticity. And like that guac was literally soup. Yeah. Um, And I think that was intentional. Yeah. And then the kind of people she interacts with daily and the kind of like what she suggests subjected to. And it's not even like via like, online it's like Anna in person yeah. probably gross idiots with money yeah these are the only <laughs> two guys that she had to go to and they're both absolute sleazeball creep pedophiles no perpetrators perpetrators predators perverts creep creep predators pervs yeah i definitely i i get that i get that vibe i also thought it was like at some point like at the end especially the first time watching it i was like it was this side like a like a when i say sci-fi i mean like a sort of like ominous like thing that's going around like it follows so i was like oh is this like haunted i just didn't know or is it like okay this is an actual thing that actually happens to people who do face recognition it's just a sexy algorithm i think i i 100 watched this and just knew it to be an ai with deep fake tech 
that was, you know, circulating the web. I was, I mean, come on, how could you not watch it and think like, okay, there's some like, for some reason, some weird AI that's just going around and gobbling up these profiles and, and making its own to, to cash in on the money. And who knows who created it originally? Maybe they're, ca- you know, taking all that money at the end, or maybe they made it and it's out there just living its own life. The reason we didn't know that is because there was no context in any of this to know that that like AI was that sort of like. Okay, okay so get rid of the yeah. context and let's okay. just look at <laughs> the evil in this film as being the depersonalization and dehumanization of sex workers. I mm. don't like writing stories. <laughs> That's exactly what you're doing. You're writing the answer of why all this is happening. Quick side question. Do you like, have you seen Unsolved Mysteries? Yes, yeah. actually. Do you like them? I have less satisfaction. So I watch a lot of... Because uh, they're, they're not solved, right? Yes. Yeah, you and Juan. I watch a lot of forensic files, which is great because they have many details. And then I watched my first ever Unsolved Mysteries. I watched two of them. They were amazing. But at the end, I'm like, but what happened? <laughs> That's the whole point. And I, I understand that, but I don't like it. I'm not going to lie. The first episode of Unsolved Mysteries fucked me up a bit. Yeah, the second one was real sleepy, though, and I took a nap. I fell asleep and didn't finish it. You should definitely nap during episode two, but episode one, very good. So yeah, speaking of Unsolved Mysteries, let's go back to the like the metaphorical kind of understanding of this film of the main character winning because she's... You know, she won the battle with the the dehumanization of, of sex workers. And this, perhaps, you could look at the very, very end of the movie and think like, oh, she's getting back into it and she's going to own it and keep going with it. But she literally wins by getting her viewers to side with the real version of her and not the fake version. But people clearly like the fake version better. They, they did for a while. And then she showed them the real person. They realized what a glossed up, like, fake thing they had, you know, going on. And then they sided with her and she won. She did get the most votes. And then she's like, I'm going to get back into this and I'm going to be on top and I'm going to do it my way. But she won because they're psychopaths and she, and she was slamming her head into the desk. Also won because these guys don't want to see a bot. They want to see some real girl on the webcam. Right. But I don't think that's even true. I think they do want to see. I mean, clearly I she was at like now. number eight. Do you think we do what now? Do you think they do this now? You think those are fake girls on the webcams? Probably not. So I so what's going on a lot, especially right now during the whole like COVID nineteen madness, is there's just a lot of everyday people getting up and and, and making their money this way. Amen. Yeah, the girls next door, <laughs> literally, literally next door, probably just you know making making a few bucks every uh, every uh, couple the, hours they work in the next townhouse. In the next townhouse over, you never know. Maybe at this very table. Great <laughs> question. Maybe can you guys close your eyes and just send me money? Paris exposes a nipple. Ryan can see me naked <laughs> and Chris can see me naked in Paris. But Mac, I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Everyone on this podcast can see me naked except for you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I just witnessed like, you know, Paris's little cam show. That was definitely an episode. That was just a, mm. a teaser. On some TV show on Netflix. So Paris Netflix. Is- Indeed. Paris's <laughs> nipples are free. They do not require tokens. You can see them anytime you want. You don't even have to log in. <laughs> I will tell you, um, there was a period of time where I did fully like apply and create a profile to be a cam performer. Um, and I got approved. And then I got a different job. And I was like, maybe I'll, I'll put this on hold for now. Um, and I never went back to it. But it is something I definitely considered. Uh, especially like, it's really good if you're just like an exhibitionist, um, as you guys have learned that I am. Uh, because one, people will pay you to do things that you enjoy doing anyway. And two, like you can make some solid money off of this. I have a couple girlfriends that have done this. And like on a good week, you can make like a couple thousand dollars Stop. Like, in bed. Okay. I'm, I'm saying stop because 
Because you I'm want quitting to. the podcast. I'm sorry. I full time and <laughs> <am> cam girl. <laughs> Maybe I can review the podcast naked. I need to be on the other <laughs> side. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm just my mind's running right now. I need to talk. She's gonna to reallocate the, the few hours a week for the podcast straight into the cam show. Yeah. <laughs> just live, just watching horror movies naked on camera. There you go, and Boom. making my commentary. I mean, people watch people play video games. That's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Mm. Wow. Sorry, guys. I don't watch them, <laughs> but I like playing video games. I just don't like watching any other people play them. But why would you want to watch someone play it unless you were trying to get through like a certain... It's usually for their personality. Oh. My boyfriend watches a lot of like streamers, and it's usually because like they're funny. Mm. See, the way I think about it is like when I was a little kid and you're playing like Sega and you had like pass the control over and you're like, I don't want them to play. I want to play. Oh, I never wanted to play. Same. Sharing is lame. I want to be the one playing. There's also games that I'm not very good at, but I watch other people that are better at them. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. I'm really bad at video games and sometimes watch people play because I suck at them and I feel shame. Like because you want to. No, it's it, it would. It's only like people with a certain it's it's okay. just like anybody else that you would like watch on YouTube or something. I would like to offer the opposite perspective here on the other side of getting a lot of money, maybe, maybe making some, some cash. You have to deal with a lot of humans and humans are not cool, especially when they're trying to look at you naked. I don't think that you and Alexis would enjoy having to entertain all these people. Like someone's going to be like, "Mm, I want to send you a cake to your house and you have to rub it all over your body and eat half of it. And you're going to be like, "Mm, that's not on my diet. (laughs) I would be like, is it sour cream frosting? <laughs> sour cream. No, it's like a buttercream. Butter buttercream. You think it's a buttercream? Yeah. Oh, cream cheese frosting. Cream cheese frosting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Nope. You're getting a sour cream cake. No, nah, bitch. It's funfetti. <laughs> you thinking a buttercream? <laughs> it better be a funfetti because that's the best cake. Flavor. I hope you just sent a bunk cake. Is what I really want. That's my favorite. All I'm saying is, the first time you get sent a cake to rub all over your body, it's cool. The fifteenth time, you're like, what is this? I'm not doing no, this again. I Do you know how hard it is to get this out of my? A hundred thousand dollars to my private uh channel where i will do stuff with a candle look i don't, I don't know hello <laughs> I, just I don't know what i would do i'm just but saying it's i will do stuff with a candle <laughs> i love you <laughs> listen i was a bartender in previous lives at a place that was not trashy or i didn't i, I wore full length pants and three quarter length sleeves it's a nice place and I couldn't do it anymore because I constantly felt like I had to be nice to people for them to pay for my regular services that I like, like I can't pay my bills unless I'm nice to these people that are rude to me. Yeah. And I guess I've never been in that sort of situation. So I feel like I'd be great at it, but I probably yeah. would be like, to be fair, get on my chat. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you do have a block feature. And to be fair, there's, there block are people, everyone. I mean, <laughs> except the ones that are paying. A lot of people are built for things like this. I tried serving once like I was, you know, a waiter or server, whatever it was for a good three months. And I was 18 and very fit at the time. I don't know what happened since then. But I remember (laughs) bringing over like some food and some wine to some people. And they're like, why don't you go ahead and sit down? You want to have a drink with us? And I was like, oh, I can't do that. I'm at work. And they're like, oh, we know. But why don't you go ahead and sit down and have a drink with us? Listen, working in a restaurant is not not stripping or... (laughs) prostituting yourself it's kind of prostitution with no sex kind of i don't get it's it light prostitution i don't get it because like when i go to a bar if i sit down at the bar i want to order my two drinks to get my food or whatever and then i just want them to go away just disappear and come back in when it's time to take the money or order me more beers mm-hmm. you're not trying to hire a prostitute 
Indeed. They're, and sometimes I'll go to a bar and they'll get like really, really sometimes friendly. Just and go for no, that and that. experience. Oh, and they're like, you know, they'll come over and they'll like tell me about their lives or what they went to school for, or whatever it is. And I'm just like, cool, cool. Can I just get that beer? And then I mean, I love a good bartender, but doing it, it just is like, so like, I can't pay my rent this week because y'all didn't think I was nice enough. You didn't deem my services good enough for your pleasure. Yeah, I don't, don't like want to subject my salary to the people who say you should smile more. Bingo. So what we've learned from this episode is that the tip-based economy needs to end and that sex workers need to be embraced. Yes. And Alexis will be a cam girl and I will not. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes our episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> but I do want to just point out, right, when we look at like the end of this movie and we look at Lola kind of resubmerging back into that, First off, the girl, before she ever cracked the top 50, she was able to buy a seven, a several thousand dollar couch just casually like that, probably investing it back into her room, back into her business. But she was making solid money. I don't blame her from starting back over. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just make another one. I'm making some good cash and I like what I'm doing and I'm good at it. I don't disrespect that at all. I think the the lack of answers that you get... I. I get, um, I definitely wasn't, I wasn't clued in on exactly what it was. So I, I had to chew on it a while after I watched it the first time. But I will say that my final theory after watching this a second time and looking at the little context clues, the campsites are behind the AI. Totally. And that's because Lola breaks the top 50. So her stream gets hijacked. She's making real money and then something intervenes, right? And that's like spooky, whatever. You know, you have her friend Fox that says, well, they do own all of our footage. The access code that she provides, as she catches onto it, she calls customer service. They got to put her on hold real quick. The next time she calls, that access code isn't valid. So it just plays into this uh, conspiracy of like, okay, it's not valid because they're shutting her down. She's just going to have to make a new one anyway. Um, and even when the guy on the phone, ma'am, I need you to calm down. You're acting hysterical. Not acknowledging anything really that's happening. It's just like, you're acting hysterical, gaslighting her. Uh, it just seems something that's like big corporation beating up the small person, right? I agree. And that's what it kind of felt like to me the second time around. That's also my favorite theory. There was also a line when uh, I think it was um, Lola and her friend were talking about baby. And they were like, she doesn't even like get to know her. Like she doesn't even like take the time to like get to know her viewers. Uh, and it's because she was a fucking robot and an AI. Yeah. No, exactly. And when you look at it, it's like the AI was pulling everything it's already seen on this site and other sites, right? So you have this compilation of, of just shit happening and you have her soaring because data is objective, right? Data doesn't have morals. Data doesn't have its own rules that it follows. It's like, oh, um, if you are the monkey and you try to get the banana, then you're going to get the banana and people are going to be happy. Right. So they're like, OK, yeah, do any number of things, fake your orgasms, whatever, break all the rules that Alice had and the boundaries that Alice had as Lola. So I think when you look at this, it's like this idea of like online fantasies versus reality and the rise and fall of your own Internet stardom based on whether or not you break your own rules. Those are And those were three really good rules, too. But it was sad that like, yeah, that's what sh that's what I had had to break and it's funny because you always see these i was trying to think of like other movies that reminded me of like all the extremes like 
people go to like and that's where i thought this movie was going like like how far you would get to go to stardom so that's what i thought this was so i realized clearly it's not her once you get to stardom they keep you there because it's not you um so when you have this i don't it's a horror movie but it's called starry eyes and it's pretty much like a girl trying to be an actress and everything like that and all the horrors behind that you can imagine but yeah i don't it, it was it was I love those rules over where they were. Um, I think I might have written them down. Yeah. No public shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't tell guys I love them. Mm-hmm. Also my number one rule. Um, <laughs> 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 and three, don't fake orgasms. That's your number one rule. Which, you yeah. know, I want to bring this up, not for any other reason, other than I think there's like always a st- like the stigma around like women having an orgasm and I should probably like especially stuff. especially on the internet I mean like there's a lot of content on the internet and where a male is uh-huh. and almost none of it has to do with a woman enjoying herself doing anything much less like just being in her room like doing stuff that she wants to do whether it's having dinner with herself or like whatever that is so this does definitely like it gives some like light to that. Yeah, yeah. Some acknowledgement to that. Yeah. Also, a lot of times when you see the girls squirting, uh, they're actually just peeing and just doing it for the camera. Why isn't he yellow? Well, I guess he might have drank a lot of water. I like that in Madeline's performance of her watching her doppelganger sort of uh, like spiral, like basically watching herself like spiral and break all the rules that she set out for herself. She had a reaction to it that was like, horror obviously but also like a little bit of excitement watching her rank uh like climb higher and higher because even though it wasn't her that was doing it it was her like image and her brand that she had curated that was succeeding so just like the the nuances that she put into those perform those like elements of the performance i felt were like just so uh well done it was uh definitely like i mean just watching her performance i think my favorite was just you know when she's kind of in this point where like no one's believing her and every time she goes she's like logging in watching lola 2.0 or maybe negative point two um which <laughs> how i really want to describe it and like she, she has this thing where she's like picking her nails and i think i've been more in tune with it lately because i have someone who does that very often and i'm really realizing like that's like because i bite mine but i don't bite it because i'm nervous i usually bite it because i'm bored but when I see people pick now, it like rise. It gives me anxiety. So seeing her bite her nails the entire time, and you'll I do it all the time. But I'm just not because I'm nervous. I'm I don't even know why. Plus I have a million hang nails. But it that her performance just of this person that's like lost and like trying to like figure out what to do, and it was just it was just all so believable. I mean, shit, she was shopping at the dollar store, like. I mean, it it, it, it was it was her performance was just so believable. It was it was just it was remarkable. So thorough, thorough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alexis, with what you were pointing out with the uh, like the nail biting, there's a very specific moment after the first like big like uh, like throat slitting scene uh, where she goes to like post a, like a little Snapchat video in like the makeup and everything, and what she does is like she she gets into character and she like puts on she films a take. And then immediately she like looks at her phone, starts biting her nails and like gets out of character to like look at the video and decide if it's worth posting, decides she doesn't like it, takes another one and then posts it. And that those choices of like how well she went in and out of character, like with the performance of her her Lola character, um, that's when I knew that like the acting in this was going to be like stellar from our lead actress. When I was watching that, I was like, man, I know that like 
not that I turn on to take a video or something and I don't do it very often anyway, but we all like take selfies and like stuff like that. And like to see, to watch someone else take like 50 selfies and then hate them and then take another one and fake a smile and then hate it and take another one. It's like such a creepy out of body experience. Cause it's like when you're doing it in mo- generally speaking, like most of us are not crazy and we're like, cool, we're just going to take a picture. And I just don't like any of them. So I'm taking 50. But when you like watch someone else do that, you're like, gosh, you look like you need some help. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, There's like, been roles where it's like slight eyebrow yeah, raising. Like, and I'm like, really? My lip is one millimeter longer on this side. And I do think Why? it gets worse the older you get and the more self-aware you are of your own aging. So true. And also you realize that you're being silly. You're like, wait, why am I taking more pictures? I think one of the things that I that I love is looking at the quality of her performance and then just thinking back to like all the movies that came out that year. When you look at this, she's not really a final girl, right? But she is the hero of the story. And I think she's actually now in my top 10 of horror movie characters based mm-hmm. solely on the quality of her performance. Looking at this, one of the other themes that I picked up on this in this movie it reminds me of this idea of like plagiarism and identity theft, right? Look, this is a small little mini rant. Uh, I love this podcast network called Relay FM. They do a lot of tech reviews, stuff like that. And there is a YouTuber and podcaster not affiliated with them at all who basically just rips all their shit and has his own YouTube channel where he talks all about uh, iPad lifestyle. And if you listen to anything he says, it was set on Relay FM like two weeks before, and his podcast does the same exact thing. He finally started citing the podcast that he got the source material from, and now the podcast is just done and over with. But it's just that kind of shit that pisses me off, right? It's like you have someone who relies on the power and influence of the internet to make their living, and then you have people who just steal that shit from you. I will say that I had two things I disliked in this movie, and I'd love to hear if you guys had any other pain points. One, in that scene where she's in the varsity jacket, she's in her panties, she's looking great, she gets the food delivered. I have never seen anyone bite a piece of sushi that's a normal size. It was so offensive. You guys take two bites out of it? You mean instead of eating it all at once? She didn't even really bite it. Yeah, you're supposed to, like, that size, you should just like, eat it all at once. And she just, like, picked up with her fingers and <laughs> It didn't she feel like a corner bite on something that's round. Oh. I will raise a counterpoint, Chris. She was still in a private chat with uh, Tinker, so she was still technically like on. I think we come to see that she doesn't give a shit about what Tinker thinks. Right, but like she's going to take this like dainty bite as opposed to just like shoving it in her face like a normal person because she's still performing. I don't know. She was all like, food. I don't know. I, I feel like she kind of let that wall come down because she stopped eating when she was really on for Barnacle Bob. Yeah, that's true. When you take a piece of sushi, isn't that already the perfect size bite? That's what Chris is saying. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're big. That's what she said. Literally and figured. (laughs) The other thing I have is when it comes to Barney, clearly he's a fucking creep, right? But I do feel like she made efforts to tell everybody else what was fucking going on. And she made no effort to tell a guy who was super fucking influential. Not to say, hey, you might get an alert that we're live right now. Clearly, this is me. I can talk to you about any fact that I should know. Uh, I'm not scamming you. I just, I feel like that was like the one poor choice she made. You think she should have like leaned into Barney more as like a, a source of help in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe he had no help to offer her, but just like a moment of like, 
oh, hey, just so that I don't put myself in a dangerous situation here where you think I'm ripping you off. This is the honesty about what's happening right now. I could see that. I think it probably has to do with uh, him being an influential person. And it's not like she was giving up on this life. She's just trying to figure it out. And so for him to turn against her, I think would be a big impact on her career as a cam girl. And I think that probably like she see because she didn't have any issue telling Tinker Boy, right? Because he's like a scummy, gross, uh, someone that's like obsessed with her. And, you know, so she's like she doesn't have like respect for him. Not that she should have respected our our boy ordering the queso and he does have 100% the most pathetic voice known to man. So, yeah, (laughs) but I think that has something to do with it. I think she saw that person as someone of power and that's why she couldn't explain it. Um, to be fair, she had a hard time explaining it overall. There were words that were not used that I would have used (laughs) when she was especially talking to her mom. But I think that's probably why in that situation she didn't because she like didn't feel like she knew who to go to or what she could do. I feel like with Barney specifically, she was like she knew like he's a big spender. um, So she was like still putting up the facade for him. And you see that very clearly when she's like waiting in the lobby for him and she's like just sitting there like an anxious mess, like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And the and moment she realizes he, he comes in, yeah, he, she turns right on. Her body mm-hmm. language changes immediately. And she's like, oh, hey, Barney, everything's fine. How's it going? I'm going to give you what you came for, basically, in order to like get some information from you to try and figure this shit out. But I can see why you'd think that his influence and power could have been leveraged to get to a solution faster, Chris. Or to the very least, just say, oh, that's fucking weird. Obviously, my feed is messed up. Let me tell you about the weird shit that's been going on. Uh, But he was already, like, in the women's room, like, being so shady. Yeah, he was already really aggressive about it. I was stressed out at that point. I'm just saying she could have met him. There are obviously people, more people outside in the restaurant than there are in that room where no one else was. I would love to know from you folks, what do you guys think was the single worst part of this movie? The mom. Did anybody else hate the mom? No. I didn't necessarily hate her. I just thought, like, I don't know, her interaction with her daughter was kind of weird. But I think she's, like, a certain type of mom. Like, the type of mom that, like, they clearly didn't grow up with a lot of money. She does hair. She does makeup. It's just, there's just this certain type of thing. Her daughter's getting older, and then it becomes, like, a weird friendship thing. For me, it was just, there were a lot of little, like, comments that the mom made about Alice that were just like, mom, like, why are you being a bitch to me? Like, she would comment on her appearance in negative ways. Um, and I was like, thanks, mom. Like, why? Like, where are you? What is the point of a mother telling her daughter that she looks like shit? You know what I mean? Um, I didn't really get it. And then at the very end, when she's like helping like make her up for the camp show, she literally says, you're so lucky to have me as your mom. And I was like, ew, no, she's not. So I didn't I didn't care for the mother's uh role in all of this i feel like she was kind of a toxic uh person i can kind of relate because my mom has said those things to me so to me as why she was even more relatable because some of these interactions that she's had i've personally had um i don't know my mom's always been i love her dearly but she will be the first one to talk about my appearance but i think it just comes with like certain the way certain like mothers were raised and all that sort of stuff so my least favorite part of the movie was having to watch the whole thing with the brother's friends. And I think it's probably super realistic. So it's obviously not a bad part of the movie, but God, I didn't want to have to watch that awkward scene at the birthday party. And if you know that character, he's in 13 Reasons Why, and he 
almost shoots up a school. So, mm. yeah. And yet another reason I don't want to watch the show. Yeah, no, don't worry. But also, I mean, like, she was super cool about it. Like, I feel like she kept her character about it the whole time. She's just like, I'm not going to tell. Like, I don't care. Because, I mean, that's real. It is kind of cringy. Yeah, because I'm sure it's happened to plenty of people, too. Looking at that scene in particular, that actually has my favorite visual moment, but also just like my favorite moment of storytelling because the score with that is like this slow, methodical march to the inevitable. Like, you know what's bubbling up in that moment. And it just like, it feels like you're on a train that you can't get off of. So I love that, Mac. Yeah, uh, I feel like I've dogged this movie plenty today. I would like to take this opportunity to reiterate how much I hate the grunginess of this film. (laughs) It was like, it, it just immediately, I was like, what is this? Why do we look like this? And I mean, you know, this isn't a, a rich film. It's a cam girl. I mean, she's making more money than most of us, but, um, you know, her family didn't come from a lot of money, stuff like that. So I get the style choice. I just hate it. I, I kind of noticed just like some personality grunts, just like interactions between people were just really kind of abrasive. Yeah. I mean, I think it everything from the way the film is like a, a, a bit grainy, I guess, to the relationship with like her family and like the like I said like the house that her mom is living in um that I presume she grew up in it's it's like this whole thing like her bedroom it's it's all this I I guess it's a little too lived in for me including the fact that it's filmed in such a grainy way Mm. if that makes sense does that make sense that's fair I think my problem is whenever I hear the word grunge, my mind immediately goes to Rob Zombie. So I'm like, what? And I just have to like reprocess and like, no, that's not actually the normal amount of grunge in a movie. So I get it. Yeah, I think of that or I think of the uh, collector. So <laughs> that was grungy. I feel like I, I sometimes don't understand when people say things are too grungy. Like when people are like that 2000s grunge or 90s grunge or whatever. When it comes to movies, sometimes I don't get it. But Ooh. in this instance, I felt that word <laughs> i felt I'm gonna it in make my heart you a mood board of early 2000s and grunge okay but not not like other grunge like i get grunge music and like makeup and like stuff just movies it's just gonna be stills from early 2000s horror movies that do like define grunge let's do it we can share it on patreon it's it's grungy kind of like when you get into someone's car and there's like old cigarette like packages on the floor I don't want it. Yeah, but yet they have like <laughs> 10 of those like those trees hanging from the mirror. Bro, that Camry was grungy. Everything, <laughs> everything. I could do this all night. <laughs> the grungiest Camry I've ever seen. You know when you forget to like tra- uh, trash your like bottles in the car and, yeah. they, and they go on the front. But m- mostly like most humans like will get it after like five or six. This mm. guy I dated, no kidding, had the back filled with shit like trash yeah. and the fucking front too. Yeah. And I was like, it was, I was like, how do like... How is this humanly possible? No, he did not live in his car. He actually had a nice apartment. <laughs> That's like, what you thought. <laughs> my uh, my first girlfriend I had after I came out was like the if if I ever showed you guys what kind of woman she was, I I think you would like be shocked that I would date her. However, she had the same thing, Alexis, but instead of like just regular bottles, it was strictly Red Bull cans. That's like a drug habit. It was disgusting. And I like Red Bull. Did she smoke cigarettes? She did. Oh, God. Ooh, those Christ. are the. She'd smoke a cigarette, chug a Red Bull, and then go play soccer. I'm like, what the fuck? That breath, though. Oh, God. Oh. This person, I can see them, and that's not you. Oh. I can smell them. We weren't very affectionate. Uh, one last thing I would like to drag this movie for uh, while we're at it. Um, 
with how well it paid attention to detail, specifically around technology, uh, there is a moment uh, at the birthday party where the girl's friend says, Lola's friend says, hey, can you take a picture of me? I want to like get a picture in this outfit. And she takes like the most close up like headshot I've ever seen. And I'm like, there's no outfit to be seen in that photo. What are you doing here? Like that was an oversight for me. I was like, that's not a picture of the outfit. You're doing a bad job. Didn't you also, okay, did you feel like the that character was going to be something and then she was nothing? Like she served oh, yeah. no purpose? I thought like maybe just... she was behind it at one point. She for sure served her purpose. She was in the dollar store. She yeah. worked there. She was ashamed of it. She didn't want to talk about it. But yet, when it came out that Lola was a porn star, which, I mean, different, uh, when it came out, even she had a look of like, oh, I'm better than this. It was like an ultimate flip of tables. Yeah, she was smiling. Oh, oh can I tell you, I did not relate her to being the same girl that was in the store. Oh. <laughs> and sometimes that happens. Listeners, that happens sometimes. Don't feel ashamed. It happens to me all the it's time. It's okay, Ryan. I did recognize that she was the same person, but I didn't pick up on what Chris just pointed out. I did see the smile. She had a big old smile in the back. That whole scene was super powerful, but I think what stands above it slightly in terms of comedy was when Alice is looking for Tinker and she goes up to this cleaning lady and she's like, I'm, I'm looking for this guy, tall, sweaty, nervous. I don't know what's funny, like her describing him as that or the or the cleaning lady knowing exactly what fucking room he was in. Yeah. <laughs> because pervs, you can pick them out. <laughs> I love that she didn't hesitate to offer assistance either. She's like, oh, this girl's clearly distressed. I'm going to give her the information she needs without question. I was like, thank you, girl. To the pervy guy. Yeah, let me tell you exactly where he is. But what about you guys? What was your favorite moment in this movie? My favorite, 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 favorite moment in this movie was um, when Alice is watching her doppelganger um, with Baby doing the live show and they're going through her house. Oh. My God, was I on the edge of my seat? Because I was like, oh my God, what could happen? Because. At that point, I wasn't even sure. I was like, they could just walk through the freaking door. And that's where I think I was like suspended in disbelief at that point. I was like, what? And I think, and just, she was great in that moment too. So that that was just a definitely like a, that was a nail biter for sure. In that moment, I definitely like felt her like chaotic fear. Just like, like what is going on? Get out of my house. Like, I think she knows they weren't going to come, you know, out of her, into her room, but uh, that was definitely a very intense moment for sure. For me, I, I can't say it's one thing, but I can say it's a place in her house and it is that filming room. I love her commitment to a theme. Okay. I love her commitment to uh, full curtains. <laughs> we don't need no, no walls up in here. Um, everything like I mean, to be fair, some of my favorite parts were also with her copy or whatever, where she's like in the pool, you know, um, just just all the different things that she did. She was so committed to it. And I feel like if you do something like this, you should like excel at it. You should just be killing it. You know, like I want you to be 100 percent committed if you're a cam girl. Don't be ashamed. You do you and mm-hmm. get some matching some matching furniture in that room. Yeah, Alexis, we're all going to buy you curtains, just in case you decide to try it. <laughs> Can I get a heart-shaped bed? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like the Sims, one. right? Yeah, there you go. We'll just <laughs> all like uh, Control-Shift-C, Clapasius, and Motherload cheats until we get you a heart-shaped bed. There you go. <laughs> you could go uh, 90s waterbed. That'd be a good play. Oh, I, I had a waterbed. Of course you did. 
<laughs> this life was meant for you. <laughs> no, I, I specifically will donate a thousand tokens for you to have the worst possible spring bed. Oh, uh, like well, really I would never be on it. I would be on like near the camera. Like she's never on the bed. So <laughs> I, if I had to pick a favorite, I think it's when she was eating the steak. Oh, that was cringy too. How fucking wild is it that that is what got her to break the top ranks? Yeah, I know. Because yeah. it was so weird because I didn't know which way it was going to go because we were like being introduced to the idea that she was presenting it as a date night and I thought it was just like a cover and then she was like no it's like a legit date night guys like I got my food and I got my wine and that just goes back to that commitment level which I kind of liked but that steak looked so well done I was really upset it was really well done it looked really gross it was chewy I'm so sorry I forgot something that is so important the filming house oh my gosh with all the different rooms all the different themed rooms that place was awesome and then all the little hating chicks in there And, you know, all the little drama between the cam girls, which is so real. Like, I wouldn't believe anything less than that. That place was awesome. (laughs) And those kind of houses do exist. Yeah. I was going to say, is it residential or is it in like a business like park? They probably get a cut. Yeah. So it it depends um, because they do the same thing for YouTube and Instagram celebrities as well, where sometimes they'll buy a residential house, like legit straight up in a neighborhood. And then... There's been a couple of cases recently where there's like, you know, YouTube and, and Instagram and TikTok douchebags were out there like causing havoc in really expensive residential areas. But in some cases, they'll buy like old factories and turn them into, you know, their their loft style kind of setup where they can split it up amongst as many, uh, you know, cam girls as they can. So yeah. it, it really depends. But yeah, this is like a legit thing where you could like pay for a room. And in some cases, that's how they do it. Like you're basically paying rent. In other cases, you're paying a percentage of, of yeah. what you make. They also have stuff like that for like um, photo studios. Like if you want to go get photos taken, you're in like a house and like room from room, go room to room and it's like themed and stuff like that. It's like oh. a co-working space for sex workers. <laughs> I yeah. like that. I like that. Ryan, with what you were talking about, like the the other girls in the house, um, I do want to recognize two actresses that I love that were in this and I wasn't expecting them at all. Um, But Imani Hakim played baby and she is a beautiful black actress who you can also see in the show mythic quest Uh, in that she plays more of a comedic role. So to see her in this, I was like, Ooh, cause she's just so stunning. Um, But also Samantha Robinson was in this. And the only thing I've ever seen her in is a movie called the love witch, which is basically like a, it was made like a few years ago, but it was like filmed like it was a, a 1970s film. Um, but it's basically about like a sex witch who has Lana Del Rey vibes. Uh, and she played Princess, the one who was kind of like the bitchy mean girl of the house. Um, so I loved seeing those two women in this film. Uh, and if you like the sound of The Love Witch, you should absolutely watch it and then talk to us about it because that is a very good movie. The things that are different about me and Paris um we very similarly haven't seen a lot of movies, but then Paris pulls out these random ones and I'm like, what is that? Like you've seen a lot of obscure films and I've just seen none. (laughs) But coming back to this film, my favorite scene was after it's it's towards the beginning when she's in the salon with her mom and her brother. Um, There's a moment where she is talking to her brother about like what's going on while also like sexting a random fan. Um, And the way that they were able to convey that very specific type of interaction, I don't know how much sexting you guys have done, but I've done plenty in my life. Um, So to like really recognize that feeling of when you're like 
half-heartedly like sexting somebody just like casually picking out a nude and like tossing it their way mid-conversation with somebody else about something totally like mundane like you're not even remotely aroused at all but the other person is that was so relatable to me and I've never even <laughs> thought that was something that could be like encapsulated on a film until I saw it you here. take lol but not laughing to a whole new level oh <laughs> all the gays out there know exactly what I'm talking about no I know what you're talking about we all, all know what all you're women know what you're talking all about. All women know what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. And you're like, send me a nude. Crap, I'm out shopping. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're barely paying attention to it. You're having a conversation about like pizza with the person you're with. Um, so for me, that was like the 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 crown jewel of how well this movie integrated technology into the visual element of it all. Because there were just like hard cuts from her talking to like what was going on in her phone screen, just back and forth. And a lot of times when they try to like convey the use of like text messaging or like email in a movie, it's always like overdone and cheesy. Yeah, it's so this is the bubble. first time. Yeah, exactly. This is just the first time I thought it was done very like artfully. I do have a question for everybody. Was did anybody else pick up on like an Alice in Wonderland motif that was mm-hmm. going on? Mad Hatter. Yeah. Thought. Yeah. And our girl's name was Alice, and she's just like fallen down this rabbit hole of sex cams wow no i did not pick up on that but it all makes sense now second favorite part of the movie when she's like doing that control show and she's like riding that clit destroyer um and the whole time she's like really just being tortured by this but in the end she comes only because she breaks into the top 50 she definitely faked it no way she did no she never broke any of her own rules only the doppelganger did that because the moment she got to 47 that's when she came she just like looked up at the ceiling and she was like i did it i don't feel like that was that could not have been real oh i thought that she was just distracted and celebrating and not actually feeling anything physically there's no way in hell (laughs) in there's no way in hell that she rode that vibrator for god knows how long one didn't have an orgasm fairly quick and one lasted without like just all sensation being gone like or oh god it's terrifying to think of Mm -mm. it could go really bad or really good i i can't imagine being able to feel anything after that long it's terrifying right now to think of it's it's absolutely okay this movie's scary (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it just it just solidified this movie is terrifying and max just back with his hands behind his head not touching this with a 10 foot pole but no it's crazy and you see this like in porn now like and people like and i just can't imagine like it's called orgasm denial and it is someone's kink but also very frustrating in classic horror movie fashion the police were absolutely useless in this movie i think we can agree on that as always it's required in a horror movie and, and particularly to have one that's trash and then one that's just a trash cop, but one that's a predator. Yeah, predatory trash. <laughs> but yeah, when he was like, what's the nastiest thing you've ever had to do? And then she was like, what? Like, no. And then he was like asking her all these questions. And then he was like, do you ever have sex with these guys? And she's like, no. And he's like, too bad. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, it's a compliment. And I was like, no. It was too real, too skeevy. And I was just like, mm, I hate you, sir. Can I tell you how real it was? Yes. So the writer of this film was a cam girl, a world-renowned, world-famous cam girl. And most of the stuff in this movie was actually drawn from her own life. Uh, She actually had videos that were uh, republished uh, to other websites without her consent, right? So it kind of touches on that. When she first started to crack into Hollywood, 
she had some executives find out she was a cam girl. And so they asked her to erase, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done? She actually wanted to make a movie that, um, that breaks that down and destigmatizes sex work. And she wanted to originally make a documentary, but she felt a horror film would be a better platform, which I actually agree with, right? Because I think documentaries are incredible. And in this day of Netflix, you have Making a Murderer, you have Blackfish, you have Tiger King. They're emerging, but at the end of the day, you're only going to reach people who are inclined to watch documentaries or if it becomes so famous and so popular that everybody watches it. But if you watch a horror movie, you're going to reach a different type of person. You're going to reach people who may not be predisposed to watching those documentaries. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll be upfront here. I don't know that I'm ready to die on this hill, but I don't know if I agree that it this is 100% an empowering film because of some of the things that, like, it's clear that she is really values like where she ranks on these, you know, things that seem like they wouldn't matter. Also, I understand that that's her job and we all like want to be good at our job. So I don't know. I feel torn about that. I'm not trying to say that I'm right or wrong, but I don't always know that just because a film has a sex worker that's not necessarily being degraded, that it is therefore empowering. But I do agree it shouldn't be a documentary. I'm glad it wasn't a documentary. I'm going to link some some articles that you guys can read with interviews for her and the way she talks through her experience of like getting started in camming and thinking about like the power that she had there and knowing that she could take control of those things and set boundaries and how that organically just translated into her personal life and how she, as she has dated women, uh, felt comfortable like setting boundaries and and talking about sex in that way. Um, I think on its face, it could be very easy to look at this and not find that. But I think there's a lot of of love put in this movie that you can watch kind of time after time and peel back the layers to. Yeah, I feel you on that. But I think Mac has done so much research for us and uh, I can't wait to hear what he has in Fact or Fiction. I have a few things, just just a couple things, and I didn't really want to dive too deeply into specifics for this film because it's you know it's pretty small, and I think it would have been tough to kind of hold back on the fact that the writer had had this experience and, and really had those intentions. So I wanted to get into some stuff about webcam models, if you will. Ooh, come on. Yeah. So number one, a real life webcam model was arrested for public indecency after stripping and masturbating in a public library. But the media coverage allegedly led to a deal with Playboy. So many details. <laughs> I know. Uh, fact. 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 I, that just feels so real. Feels good. Maybe it did. I don't know. But yeah, this is a fact. 2014, the model's <laughs> name was Kendra Sunderland, and she continues to cam to this day and is apparently extremely well known. But... It just reminded me of the scene in this movie mm-hmm. of the doppelganger doing the thing in the library, which I thought was wild. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she did have to like pay a fee and like had to go to court and had to do the whole thing and was arrested and all that. But uh, apparently she's blown up because of it. So I guess not a horrible thing to have happen. She's like, sorry, officer, I was making contact, uh, uh, content. <laughs> but wait, let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> Almost there. Jeez. Number two. Number two, a cam girl fan was indicted with criminal charges for spending nearly a half a million dollars on cam girls. What? What's criminal about that? What would be the, what would the criminal 
charge be? Indeed. What would be the criminal charge? <laughs> fiction. Is it not her money? Fiction. You had to read that twice, too. Yeah, fiction. This is a fact. He was indicted because where'd that money come from? The company card. Okay, well. So John David Barrett. So apparently he even sent like $27,000-ish to someone to like help pay for their bills and like their parents' bills and her college bills or whatever. He bought Cam Girls flowers, chocolates, iPods, wine, shoes, handbags, and iPods. TVs. This is like 2005. <laughs> sold. Wait, wait. I'm sold on being a Cam Girl. Yeah, Alexis, you get to make a wish list and then people just buy you stuff from it. My Amazon wish list. You can get an iPod Classic, girl. <laughs> I love that this guy has the audacity to not just like watch streams on his company computer, but actually spend dollars on it. Yeah, that's bold. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Like he took the company card and was like, boom, whatever, a couple hundred grand. No issue whatsoever. Maybe he just had it saved and he accidentally got the last (laughs) four wrong. Oh, yeah. He he just used the wrong (laughs) card. Autofill, never use it. He's someone's executive assistant. Hey. (laughs) Only done that once. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of um, Cam Girl fans, a man was given a life sentence for murdering his family because they asked him to break up with his uh, Cam Girl, you know, quote unquote girlfriend. Feels like a fact. Fiction. I'm sorry, did you say murdered his family? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fact. Yeah, this happened. So, oh my Grant Amato. So, apparently, before this happened, he even, like, stole, like, 200K from his family to, like, spend on his relationship with this Eastern European woman that he had never even met. So, yeah, then he basically methodically murdered everyone. I think one brother survived because they wanted him to end it because he's like blowing his life and his money on someone he's never met because he likes to, you know, to communicate with him over the internet. How do I repay you for your love? I murder you. That got real dark, but I knew when you said that he had a cam girl girlfriend. If you think a cam girl is your girlfriend, you are maybe crazy enough to try to kill your family. Yeah, and <laughs> Naive enough. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to look that one up, but I think that guy was probably in Florida. Just you know, <laughs> Florida, Florida man. man. Also, wherever that Eastern European woman is now, she's a queen. <laughs> oh, man. All or right. Or living with guilt. Who knows? Well, let's throw an easy one out there because we've talked about this a little bit. But successful webcam models can make thousands of dollars per month. Uh, in fact. I would love to know exactly. So I can <laughs> weigh my pros and cons. So if, <laughs> if you have that. But yeah, it's definitely a fact. That's totally a fact. It is a fact. And the only reason I wanted to throw this in there, obviously we're going to get to it during the show, was because uh, we were joking with Alexis about this. But yes... Some of them say they can make as high as like five to $15,000 per month, depending on how much uh, work that they do. Some of them talk about uh, camming for literally 12 hours a day. Others talk about waking up and like immediately getting to work, checking their phone, communicating with fans, instantly turning on the stream, just like kind of like we see in this movie. So um, a couple that I read about make maybe like one to two grand. A couple of them say you can make as low as like a couple hundred bucks. It depends on how much you're doing. So. Uh, I did read that they were doing this like as part-time work. Others, it's their full-time job. Some of them are doing 60 hours a week to make their living because they want to make that cash. That's that's it's, it's, it, Money is addicting. So is attention. I don't know. <laughs> She's still on the fence. Still on the fence. So we haven't had a decision today, but that's the, uh, the fact or fiction. In this case, it was basically all fact because I just found it, you know, really interesting stuff mm-hmm. about uh, about these webcam models. Thanks for not lying to us, Mac. Welcome to uh, Fact or Fact with Mac from Mac or Slash. (laughs) I'll throw a bonus fact out there. Um, No fiction at all. So the director of this film actually filmed some of the writer's uh, videos when she was a cam girl, right? He also tried camming 
and he made literally zero dollars. <laughs> That's sad. He gave it his damn his damnedest. <laughs> there was actually a really good New York Times article about uh, sex workers uh, because of the coronavirus like shutdown and quarantine and stuff, where basically some of the websites where people can sign up to do this were increasing like 75% signups in a month, which was crazy because people who would do things like live shows can't do that anymore because you can't be in person and take off your clothes around other people because you're too close. So they had to find another medium uh, to do it. And other people were like, hey, I'm sitting at home. Why not make a couple extra bucks? They couldn't be in the same room six feet apart with a mask on? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know the rules, but... <laughs> Did I, you see them drive through strip clubs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not I a good look. <laughs> they, you know, phase one, they probably turned... They closed all those things down. They're mm. already... They already seem dirty enough to me. I've never been to one, but they seem like dirty enough to me that I wouldn't want to be there on a regular basis, let alone during an epidemic. You've Where? never been Ooh. to a strip club? I've, I've never I've been never either. Been. I don't. I, I don't know what I do, yeah, and this is why because I don't know what I do if some girl had her chest in my face. Okay, if I stare, they're gonna think I'm a creep. But if I look down, they also think I'm gonna be a creep. I'm just gonna go hit to the bar. I think so. This is always running through my mind before when all my friends are drunk and let's say, hey, let's go to the strip club. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna go. You should live in yeah. Miami sometimes. It'll it'll, it'll really <laughs> change your perspective on. Uh, what they are. The only one I've ever been to has not been down in Miami. It was a friend and I were driving to Florida from uh, us were on leave when we were in the Navy. And he's like, oh, I know a place called Cafe Risque. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible place. Well, thanks for the Googling. Glad it didn't take you to anywhere dangerous. Now, Cam from 2018 streaming on Netflix earned four slashes and it earned one hack. Now, again, this movie rated in the top three of 2018. So this group right here is exhibit A of why it wasn't the top number one of 2018. if you listen this far, thank you so much for joining us. We want to know your thoughts on this movie, so please reach out to us. You can do so a number of ways. First at our website, hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you would like to argue your point of whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich, please hit us up at our hackerslash hotline. The number is 757-606-0128. You can text us, call us, leave us a voicemail or an audio message, but no hot dog pictures, please. Or perhaps if your identity has been taken over by an artificial intelligence with deepfake technology, feel free to send us an email to feedback at hackerslash.com. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, consider becoming one of our patrons like Daniel. Check out patreon.com slash hackerslash where you can earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. We'll see you next time. Bye.